छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार Okay, I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. I am pantsless and ready to podcast. All right, okay. Those are words. (laughs) That's our idea of an audio check, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Don't Read the Latin. <coughs> the podcast coffee. about horror movies and coughing. Yes. And cider with whiskey in it. Yay! How many millions of weeks has it been now that you've had this cough? Like right a now? month. Yeah, at least like at a least month. It, was, it was the week before Christmas. So, Mr. Montour, what have you seen recently? What have I seen recently? I'm going to start with what I've seen that is not horror. Okay. I finally did get around to, to checking out um, uh, The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2. What do you think? Really, really good. Yeah. I found it incredibly satisfying. And I, I think I've mentioned this before, that, that I hadn't read the books, so, you know, I had no idea what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people had problems with the last book, but mm-hmm. I th- I thought this was great. The way, the way I ended up thinking about it, walking away from it, is that Star Wars was the political fantasy that I needed as a child, and this is the political fantasy I need as an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I read up, since then, on, on, you know, how exactly they cut around... Philip Seymour Hoffman's yeah. passing. Yeah. And I, thought, I thought it was wonderful. Yeah, they, they did a really good job with that. And it, you know, um, skip the next, like, minute um, for um, Mockingjay spoilers. Uh, Hamish's character was killed in passing. You know, it, it basically... In, in the book? In the book, yeah. Oh, wow, okay. And so that was what, one of the... the, the that was the big change they made, is not having him die to be the one who gave that speech to... Okay. Katniss at the end of the movie. I would have been very sad if they had done that. So. And I was that was what I said when yeah. I was like, you know, I'm really happy with this change they made because it was just there was a bunch of the deaths that felt rushed. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of like in the end. Of Harry Potter, I was going to say, walking, was it as bad as the last book of Harry Potter? Yeah, where they're walking by bodies, and you're like, the fuck. I, what? I, I can't remember if if I ever showed you the the graphic that I made of my alternate. Harry Potter, Deathly Hallows cover, where, where uh, he retitled it, Harry Potter, Everyone Fucking Dies. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter is done by George R. R. Martin. Have, you, much, seen, have yeah. you seen the uh, 2006 is done by George 2016, R. R. Martin? Yeah. yeah. Or 2016, sorry. <laughs> where the hell that came from. <laughs> I've been drinking. It's my birthday tomorrow. It is, yeah. And, and this will be in the past by the time we, we air, but turning 42, I'll be the answer to the life universe and <laughs> everything. Um... And so I got a birthday dinner tonight. For years, I thought I was going to have a huge party when I turned 42. And then my actual 42nd birthday came around. I'm like, eh. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, like, from my 20s onward, I was like, I'm totally going to do this. No. I'm, you know, I am having a big birthday party. Um, the address but... is. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> but the one I was really happy with, though, was my 40th birthday party. Where yeah. the title of it was, Fuck Yeah, I'm 40. Yep. <laughs> you had a great 40th. I had a great 40th. Yeah, that's really yeah. what matters. Yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. Um, I also saw um, 
because I had I had never seen it before. I saw Star Wars Attack of the Clones and discovered that it was way better than everyone told me yeah. that, that it was. But which I mean, you know, it's still kind of terrible. Yeah. Anything that has to do with like actual dialogue or people trying to show, you know, human emotions. Yeah. Not yeah. really convincing, but but just in terms of like pacing and 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 how the plot plays out, yeah. way better than Phantom Menace. Yeah. So I I tried to watch. I think this is something we've covered recently that I I tried to watch the Phantom Menace, and it was just so hor- horrifying. So much race fail. It was so much race fail that I yeah. literally couldn't comfortably watch it. And my six year old daughter is becoming like the world's biggest uh, Star Wars fan. That makes me so happy. And so she's seen all the original movies, and and we went and saw the new that's movie in the I theater. Was in yeah, oh, <laughs> oh, that makes me even happier. And uh, so we showed her the original movies, and then went and saw the movie in the theater this last weekend. And then we've been watching uh, Star Wars Rebels, which is a which really, really good yeah. story. I mean, I, there was an episode or two back. I'm I'm just starting it, so we're finishing up the first season. But I got really teary. Like I, it's sometimes it's really touching and sometimes it's really funny and it's it all stays kind of true to the canon of yeah. the story, um, but uh, yeah, we've really been enjoying it. And oh, but the the point I was going to make is that um, I've been really not wanting to show her the prequel stories and the prequel yeah. movies, so I ended up buying a box set of the original three and the prequels. As a junior novelization, which oh, sure. we'll read because okay. she's getting into reading and she's getting into chapter books, and I'm like, oh yeah, well, I can't do you know horrifyingly racist, you know, ethnic yeah. accents while we're doing this. <laughs> well, you could, <laughs> I could, but, but I won't, because yeah. <laughs> I've heard that there have been cuts of those movies where they remove all of the uh, voice actors and instead do faux. Oh alien. yeah, aliens, but those be pretty good. Yeah. So I've been watching this one. I've been I've been watching Star Wars Rebels and saw you know I'm on my third watching of um, <laughs> of the new Star Wars movie <laughs> in the theater, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm enjoying yeah. it every single time. The last non horror thing that that I have mentioned is what you showed last Friday, the black hole. Yeah. And I'm I'm not entirely sure I could say it's non horror. Because there are sure horrifying. elements, yeah. It was it was Disney when Disney could do horror. And it was, yeah, it was definitely a, a gothic haunted house story just mm-hmm. set in a spaceship. Um, with, with some uh, homosexual undertones. Yeah, which I sure really <laughs> didn't catch when I was a kid, but I, I, would, I would swear to God that's the way Anthony Perkins was playing it. I know, we were like, that subtext is about to become text. <laughs> seriously, seriously. He's um, going to take that. That book of plans back to his bunk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was watching the thing. You know, I don't remember this aspect to it at all when I saw it when I was a child. Huh. And, and it actually, it, it held up to my memories of it, which and, I was very relieved by. And it was the first time I'd seen it. Uh, yeah. It was a handsome boy from Jim's birthday uh, last weekend. And so it was his birthday choice was to see that movie. And I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was beautiful. But I love the... the <laughs> Spaceships as designed by Jillian Venter. Pretty much, yeah. I'm going to need some red velvet curtains and some, you know... Crystal chandeliers. Crystal chandeliers, because, you know, if you can't travel in space in style, then you should just not fucking travel in space. I I lost it at the elegant soup tureen they had at dinner. (laughs) Because I actually kind of thought that that, that it would have been a much more entertaining contrast if, if they'd had, you know... 
the red velvet curtains, crystal chandelier, and, and you know, vacuum-packed space food. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I've really talked about this much on the podcast, but certainly you know this, and anyone who's been to my apartment knows this. I love robots. That's a huge thing. Vincent is definitely one of my favorite movie robots of all time. And what this was the just other reminded me what. Old Bob. Old Bob. I'm trying I was trying to listen and see if I heard his name mentioned at all in the movie and I'm not sure if it's ever said, but yeah. but you know, Old from Bob. from I love it. Promotional materials, I know yeah. that's what, yeah. <laughs> and it was so sad when spoilers for the black hole when <laughs> When, when he dies, yeah, when they I have know. to leave him behind. Yeah, I know. We're the best. <sighs> yeah. It was, just, I really loved it. And yeah. Then, oh. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. It was a good choice. Good choice, handsome, handsome boy from Jim. <laughs> and then the, I don't know if we mentioned the, I don't know if we talked about this, the, the movie the week prior was uh, 30 Days of Night, finally. You know, I don't know if we did. So we, and, and I still, I still love that movie. It's not perfect, but I love the Silence of the Vampires. I mm-hmm. love their design. Um, I think they're terrifying. I, I never realized before that the language they're speaking is a language that was invented for the film. Mm-hmm. That's oh, an impressive so bit of detail. Yeah. I still didn't love it, but I certainly liked it way better than I did the first time I'd seen it. Yeah. Because, you know, I didn't have incorrect expectations this time yes. going into it. That was the main thing that... that, that yeah. It held me back the first time I saw it was I thought the plot was going to go in an entirely different direction. Yeah. I didn't care for what what they actually did. But this time, you know, knowing what the story was, mm-hmm. I was able to just relax and enjoy what it actually was yeah. <laughs> more. And yeah, I liked it a lot. And I liked the character interactions a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I still think the Renfield character, character is still amazing. Yeah, he's the main thing that I remember liking about it the first time I saw it. And when they leave it behind, and it's, oh, yeah, it's, just, yeah, it's good stuff. So, um, I'm going to really briefly touch upon uh, a couple of major fucking losses. Um, okay. I uh, had really meant to do a lot more. Our topic yes. this episode is... is uh, fairy tales and folklore. Yeah, and it's inspired by a listener. And we've really been looking forward to doing this. And, and I had meant to do a lot of research. Um, and then we lost David Boyd. Yeah. And then we lost Alan Rickman. And even prior to that, you know, which didn't affect me quite as emotionally, we lost Lummy from Motorhead, which made me sad. Yeah. But then we lost David Bowie, and I fucking wanted to die. It yeah. Was, it was it's like a chunk of the world ended with him. Because it's... he wasn't supposed to be mortal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and well, well, that was the day before our last podcast episode went up, and I almost couldn't find the energy to yeah. actually write up the post. And, and... Yeah, and I... I'm an early riser for my work, and I was getting ready to go to bed, and I saw it, and I was like, please, God, let this be one of those stupid fucking hoaxes. And I immediately, I mean, we're of an age, and we're internet savvy enough where I immediately started Googling, and started digging, and then started cross-referencing to where it was being recorded, and I was like, fuck it, it's fucking real. Yeah. I don't have that many celebrities or artists that when I heard of their passing, I immediately started crying. And Dave Bowie is definitely one of them. Um, I think the only reason I'm not <laughs> getting emotional and crying right now is we've had like two weeks where we've been recovering from the fact that he's gone. And but, also, but I still also, literally been thinking about it every day. Yes. Yeah. But one of the things I love is that, and, and it was a point that a friend made was that look around,
around at your circle of friends and have something really big happen in your life and think about whether or not they'd be able to keep that a secret for you. Yeah. He managed to keep the fact that he has been fighting cancer for 18 months a secret. I know that I have read, because there has been discussion, because he had another album that came out pretty recently, um, at least in the last year and a half. Yeah, yeah, I think it was last year. And, um... The Next Day? Yes. Is the title. That's the title of the album. That's and it's not the heroes with, with the, the band across it. It's the heroes cover. Oh, okay. Uh, and it was the stuff he did all the stuff with Tilda Swinton, and he managed not only to, you know, keep himself as healthy as he could while fighting cancer, he managed to release basically two albums, and mm-hmm. he had some other stuff that he had planned on He was working on, on a third, yeah. And, and it, the thing is, I have been following David Bowie since I was probably 12, 13 years old, and, you know, so I... I watch for things coming through the media and there have been discussions regarding his health. There have been discussions, you know, people saying that, you know, perhaps he was having, you know, memory issues and that's why he couldn't tour. And mm. I mean, every, you know, every, I heard nothing. So this, so this is I a had surprise to me. because, you know, it's just like, I followed him so closely yeah. that people were like, why isn't he touring? Well, right. is, is he having some health issues? Is, is this, you know, could it be this or could it be that? And so theories were thrown around. But the fact that he managed to keep everything quiet and yet still continue to work on what was really important to him. Yeah. And, and have you heard Black Star yet? I had it on pre-order. At least like four months ago, I had it on pre-order. As soon as you could pre-order, I pre-order. Because that's what I do. Yeah. As soon as something, you know, is coming up with David Goy, I put it on pre-order it, so that as he drops yeah, singles, excellent. that I will immediately get it, them. It's a phenomenal album. It is. I, you know, so not only did, did, he, did he give us one last album, but he gave us one last great, great album. album. And that's and it's, just amazing. And, it, and, and it's troubling. And it makes you think. And and have you seen the videos from from the different I singles? Either. They're hard. Yeah. And they they push buttons in the way that his stuff always has. And and it's just it's it's a huge loss. And there is a huge cross section of geeky and gothy and anybody who ever felt <clears throat> anybody who ever felt like an outcast. Yeah. Because he was our patron saint. Absolutely. He, he was, he was the, the one who gave people permission to be. to be themselves, no matter what I the had, mob around them I was had like. one of those, you know, those saint, saint votives. Yeah. And it had the, the David Bowie, and I, I just, I bought it a couple of years ago, and I've, I've never wanted to light it. And uh, about a week after he passed, I finally lit up a whole row of candles with that one in the center, and I finally it felt okay to do that. Uh, Alan Rickman. Um, I have... The first movie I remember seeing him in, I, you know what, I probably saw Die Hard, but, mm-hmm. you know, and while he was great in Die Hard, it was a great movie, uh, the first movie I fell in love with Alan Rickman was The January Man with Kevin Klein, and he was the artistic neighbor who would, like, steal Kevin Klein's stuff or, like, be painting nude women in his living room because he had better light, <laughs> and uh, he's a former detective who... Um, Kevin Klein is this uh, former detective who got bounced off the force, basically set up and lost his job and then became a fireman. And uh, they start having this serial killer who has been going on for 11 months and they haven't been able to 
figure out who the guy is. And so um, the night before the police commissioner or what have you, his daughter is with the girl who gets killed. And so they're like, you need to bring your brother in because his brother's on the force too, and or he's high up somehow in management. So they bring him back in Kevin Klein, who is the former detective, but he's really, really smart. And uh, it's got Susan Sarandon and, oh my God, I can't remember his name. He's the wolf in um, oh, Reservoir Dogs. right, okay. Uh, anyway, it had Rod Steiger in it, was like the police commissioner. and Pulp Fiction? In Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah in Pulp Fiction. Um, yeah, it was not Reservoir Dogs. Anyhow, yeah, because Pulp Fiction, because he shoots the guy. Anyway, so he hires him and he brings along his neighbor. And as we're doing the stakeout, there's a scene where he's like, <laughs> he's like, well, what did you bring for us to eat? And, and Alan Rickman is like, oh, please just wait. And he brings out his little bag and he brings out like, a cake <laughs> and like oh all okay. these like all these beautiful frosty I saw a things. gift set of this on Tumblr. You might and have a bottle of it. wine and like four glasses. And he's like, so nothing edible. You brought us nothing. And the look of just a front that Alan is <laughs> like because he doesn't think in sensible ways because he's this passionate artist too. <laughs> And I just, the moment I saw that, I was just like, I fucking love you. Like, <laughs> I just want to keep you at my house. You can paint all the naked chicks you like and feed me all the cake and donuts and wine. And, and I will love you forever, Alan Rickman. And then I went away to college and found saw Truly Madly Deeply for the very first time. I really time. need to see that one. So my movies that I watched, um, I did not watch any Bowie movies. I listened to a lot of, I, I, mm. I had... A Bowie playlist before Bowie died. That was just all Bowie. Right. Um, and it's literally days and days and days worth of music. Um, I did not watch, because, I'm sorry, I watched The Hunger for David Bowie, and then I was very fucking pissed off. Oh, yeah. yeah. When, when so, you first to saw me, I, t- the way I look at it, here is my definition, and I know I'm being the worst goth ever. <laughs> I love The Hunger. It is amazing for such a short fucking movie. Because I swear to God, like twenty-two minutes into the movie, and it ends, and then it has so this, weird. And then it has this after credit of, <laughs> of of Catherine and Susan Sarandon like making out, and then the movie's done. <laughs> it's too bad. There's nothing else in that in that movie because it's over. Uh, so and I haven't seen Merry Christmas, Mr. Lawrence, and I, I, I have seen this uh, the Linguini incident, which is him and uh, Patricia Arquette. But it, it's like truly madly deeply, where you can't fucking find it. You can right. buy. I don't want to pay one hundred and fifty fucking dollars for a VHS tape. Um, but uh, this week I watched uh, the January Man, which is the first introduction I had, and then I watched another really horrifically silly movie called Blow Dry, which has Alan Rickman and Bill Nye, and Natasha Richardson is like competing hairdressers in this kind of strictly ballroom-esque competition <laughs> where people wear lots of glitter and have really big hair and they create these super fantastic sprays of hair for competitions. That sounds amazing. And it's kind of amazing. And it's so very silly and it's one of my favorite. It's it's my one of my favorite movies ever. But I, that was what I watched. Th- there was a Bowie movie that I tried watching. Me and a couple of friends. Oh, and that's, to watch uh, the Man Who Felt Earth. I'd seen the Man Who Felt Earth when I was a kid, and yeah. for years I thought, 
Well, I remember that as being slow, and, and I didn't really understand it. I must have been too young when I tried to watch it. Nope. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah. I, I have one thing that I can think of. I mean, literally that. halfway through it, and, and, you know, I had to get up in the morning, so I, I wasn't stopping just because I wasn't really Into it. grasping this movie, but that was certainly... The one thing I can think, the, the one thing I can thank this movie for is I was a late bloomer and I'm from a very small town where I was really considered the odd girl. I was that one who read a lot of books. She read all the time and boy, she has opinions and we don't <laughs> like that here. Um, so I was really late to like kissing and making out and having sex. So I had changed some male diapers. So I'd seen like little baby penises. <laughs> But uh, thank you, David Boy, for seeing for for providing me my visual of a first adult man's penis. Now that, that must have made everything else a disappointment from there. Yes, okay. he was jumping okay. up and down on the bed, and I got to see <laughs> enthusiastic jumping up and down on the bed, David Boy penis. And uh, it took a lifetime to find a suitable <laughs> suitable penis. After that, please but, have uh, some more to drink. Shut up. <laughs> Yeah, no, so that was that was what I have to thank the man that fell here for, because it certainly wasn't for the story. Yeah, not so much. I, it, it's one of those frustrating movies where I get the feeling that there is a really interesting story going on here, and if they would yeah. just tell us what it was, I'm sure I would enjoy it. <laughs> Which made me realize what a, what a strong influence it, it must have been on Under the Skin. Because mm, yeah. that also is just a completely oblique, <laughs> here's, a, here's this very non-human alien dealing with with humanity, and if you can't follow that, that's partly because you were watching a fucking alien yeah. movie. Um, I'm done. Oh, you're done. Okay. Um, yeah, I have. I have more. Um, I saw Deathgasm, which I've been talking about seeing, and I liked that as much as I could possibly like anything without actually loving it. Was there just that? From everything I'd heard and read, I thought this was going to be like a knockout out of the park. Absolutely. I thought so, too. I mean, I, I felt like I was completely their target audience. But you, you know how it is in, in a movie? You, you start watching it, and then eventually there's this tipping point where you kind of forget that you're watching a movie. Mm -hmm. I never forgot mm. that I was watching a movie. Yeah. And it was fun, and I was enjoying it, and I was thinking, man, the, the cast sure looked like they had a great time. What? Where did this come from? I can't remember. Was it New Zealand, or...? Um, yes, I think okay. so. That sounds right. Because I remember that that was kind of how you felt watching Housebound, where you're like, it's kind of reminiscent oh, of... Oh, yeah, that, that reminded me of uh, Peter Jackson. Jackson mm -hmm. But it, it wasn't good enough to hold up to that comparison. Yeah. Uh, this one, if it reminded me of anything, uh, it reminded me of the Evil Dead films, just, just in terms of being just gleefully over the top in terms of its Splatter violence. And and, yeah. And, and and it was it was really, really fun, and I'm not trying to say people shouldn't see it, because... I have to... Okay, speaking of splatter yeah. and metal and fun... <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have this favorite diner that we go to. Oh, yes. The North Star. The North Star Diner, and I pimp the shit out of it because it's <laughs> a fucking awesome diner. It's got a bar attached... It's got great. It's better than better than what you'd expect diner food. It's Definitely. really fucking good food. And we laugh because there's times where we'll go in there on Friday nights and they're playing the music of our people. It'll be either like yeah. it's like dark wave eighties, new you know, it's like kind of that skirting that edge between early goth and 
and in new wave and it's like oh it's the music of our people <laughs> well tonight it was the music of a fucking supernatural episode yeah, really, really i kept waiting to be the one who died because i'm female yep. like if you find me in a fridge somewhere <laughs> or burning in a uh, you know in a ring of fire on the ceiling <laughs> but it was <laughs> it was all that's how that i expect old... to see you go actually fuck yeah but no it was it was literally like we heard a. Uh, God, we heard everything. Bon Jovi and early ACDC and yeah, yeah. it was it was music by Supernatural. And and, and, and we definitely heard Carry On My Wayward Son. And we heard is, Carry On My Wayward Son. Which, which is like, only a, a supernatural song anymore, in my mind now, now. anymore. Yeah. It's, just yeah. completely. You, you, we've been ruined for knowing it for anything else now. It's just yeah. supernatural. Uh something else that I finally watched uh from the DVD you gave me is uh Halloween two. Which I hadn't been able to remember going into it whether I'd ever seen it before or not. And yes, I totally have. And it is, in fact, my brain's template for a slasher movie. Oh, nice. You know, I could tell watching it. Oh, yeah, this is is where I get all my expectations from. Mm -hmm. And I really like the second movie. I really like it. I think I liked it better than I liked the first one. Yeah, because we talked about that you'd seen it too late. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, this is what started it. You're Mm -hmm. like, well, this reminds me of everything else. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the other thing that is the order or the orderly or the nurse. Yeah. He's also the werewolf in late phases. Yes. So. Um. Oh yeah. Um. That's uh, Alex Rogan. I think is the actor's name. He, Something like that. Uh, he was also the, it the lead. Sound right, but we'll figure it out. Hold on. Okay. I've got this amazing. Tiny computer that fits in my hand. To the internet. Huh? Let's guest. Let's guest. That's right. I, was like, I, I think Alex Rogan might be the name of the character that he played in in the last Starfighter. Then you, yeah, that, that what makes a mention. lot of sense because okay. the other thing was the last Starfighter. Okay, uh, which is a really fun movie. Have you ever seen that? I have not. Okay, it, it seemed like one that you might not have. The, 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 There's a lot from the eighties I yeah. missed. Just because it's, and that was a discussion that we had about when uh, the black hole was playing. Yeah. Is that it? You know, I've seen a lot of the major stuff from you know late seventies and the and through the eighties because if it was you know using quotes here cinematically important, I yeah. sought it out later because I'm a movie buff. But there's a lot of stuff I missed simply because I didn't have cable and I didn't have a VCR until very very late in the game. Right. And so there's just a lot of stuff that a lot of kids saw on cable sure. that I just missed. But so that's just one of those things that, you know, everybody loves that movie and I just, I miss seeing it. It's like Nomads and, uh, you know, I just. Do, do people talk about Nomads? Sometimes a lot of, a lot of people, a lot of actors who people really love. Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Isn't River Phoenix also? I think so. That I don't people our sure. age love had their start in that movie. See, I loved Nomads, but I, I hadn't heard of it. You know, I came to it when I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. Um, but The Last Starfighter is a lot of fun. It has been one that I've also been tr- uh, wondering if I should give it a, another watch and see if it holds up or not. Yeah. It probably well, doesn't. <laughs> I could watch it and tell you. The uh, last thing that I, that I saw recently is, um, because I've, I've been hearing a lot of people on, on, on the internet say that this was actually surprisingly good and was like a return to form for the director, is uh, M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. I... And... Go on. I want to see it, but it it scares well, me. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to... Like, well, well, 
Um, I really want to find all the people who recommended it to me and line them up so I can punch all of them in the dick. Okay, and, never mind that. And any of them who do not happen to have dicks, dicks will be provided for the purpose of dick you punching. You can kick them in their crotch and it will just hurt. Yeah, okay. I, I, I just feel like crotch it, kicks. It will lack a certain je ne sais quoi, by which I mean a dick. But <laughs> I, there's a sentence that's never been said before. <laughs> Can't say that anymore. <laughs> That's all you ever get. It never it never tips over and it's scary. Okay. Well then I don't care. Um, fuck that movie. Yeah. And, and fuck and, M. Night Shyamalan. And, and it's really frustrating to me. Yeah, exactly. This was your last chance, M. Sorry. I'm, yes. I'm yeah. Um but I but I'm still seeing, you know, reviews from people who are who are watching it and like, yeah, no, this really scared me. I thought this was great. I'm like, did you see a totally different movie? See, part of me kind of still wants to watch it. And, well, one of the things that I found out about it after the fact, and I might not have watched it if I'd known this going into it, is he hadn't decided while he was making it whether he was making a comedy film or a horror film. And sort of compromised in the edit. Um, Alright, let's get, let's get to the stuff that's really fucking awesome. Right. Which is our... Well, well that, that's, what, that's what was frustrating about this, is I watched it partly because, oh, I think this will fit into our theme, because, you know, the whole thing yeah. that you've seen in the trailer, could you get inside the, the oven, oven and clean it for me, is, you know, totally a Hansel and Gretel yeah, reference. bit, right? But, but they, they don't do anything with that at all. She's, she's inside the oven for, like, seconds, and, and nothing happens. And, and later on in the movie, it happens again, and this time, the door of the oven gets closed for a few seconds. How big is that fucking oven? It's huge. All right. You know, if for, you for whatever oven, reason. If you have an oven that big. That, that a tween girl can fit inside. Then you better fucking cook her. Yeah, that, that's what I say. Um, this podcast is going to be used in evidence in court someday. I just know <laughs> it. <laughs> used to have the joke because I'm, I'm a huge Le Creuset fan. And it's cookware. Okay. And, oh, yeah, yeah. and we used to joke about the really big roaster in the really big stock pot. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you need, sometimes you need a roaster or a stock pot that you could cook a small child in. But you really only need one. And the community shares. <laughs> right. Like, yes. One person forks out the money <laughs> for the really big sto- stock pot or the big roaster, and you share. Did you ever say the, the cook, the thief, his wife, and her lover? I know we talked I about it once. I own it. Yeah. Because I've always wanted to see it. Yeah. It's one of those movies that I rented when I was 19 with a guy, and we made out the entire movie, and so no, I have not seen it. I want to sit here clutching my head in pain horror at the idea of making out to that movie. I don't know. I didn't watch it, so it, it, there there was nothing to Of course, I have a story me. about Forbidden Planet that I'm not going to tell, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but I have always meant to see it, um, and plus seeing, seeing young, um, beautiful, yeah. gorgeous Helen Maron. I, I remember really liking it. I haven't seen it, you know, since it came out. But and I've always heard it's wonderful. I have. It's one of those ones that I, that I, I think you can get it on Netflix. I think it's streaming. Is it really? I have, okay. I have it on, on my laser. I have it on Laserdisc. Uh, it was one of the first movies that I really remember seeing that was willing to break the reality of the movie for a stylistic choice. Oh yeah, with the colors. Yeah, the yeah. colors especially. You know, where you've got the characters. She's walking from from one room to the next, and the first room she is in is all done in red, and her costume is in red. And she steps into the next room, and it's all done in green, and her dress is green. Oh, oh and, I need to watch this movie. Yeah, oh, I always meant to. Oh, this just reminded me of something that's not on my list of um, movies I watched recently that that um, 
I did want to mention because it was <coughs> way more fun than I thought it had any right to be. Uh, it was this 80s slasher flick called The Carpenter. I only ended up seeing it because uh, I was at Scarecrow with Miranda, and she was like, oh, I've always wanted to see this. God knows why, you know. Who knows? Exactly. And I was like, sure, <laughs> why not? Let's rent that. And, and, and it was a lot of fun. It was not okay. necessarily a, a, a good movie, but, but I, I definitely enjoyed it. Um, the premise of it is you, you've got this woman who has this, you know, horrible husband who's ignoring her and cheating on her, etc. Mm-hmm. And she's uh, going kind of crazy. She'd been in a mental yeah. institution at the beginning of the movie. And now they've moved into this big new house and there's this, this work crew working on it. And she starts hearing, you know, the noise of, of sawing and construction during the middle of the night and gets up and there's this you know, gorgeous young carpenter, you know, who... Wow. Yeah. And, you know, who who ends up, you know, conveniently killing people who have upset her for one reason or another. And uh, yeah. and you're never clear, even to the very end of the movie, you know, whether he, he actually is this, like, you know, physically present ghost, is one suggestion in the movie, or whether she's committing these murders and it's all in her head. Yeah. Um, well, but, I, I have no problem with, you know, if I have a mental break and start killing yeah. people, imagining a strapping... Exactly, and yeah. So, so it was fun. You might like it. I, I, You might like it. I don't know. But but what reminded me is, is there's <laughs> one scene where she's having a conversation with him, and, you know, it's cutting back and forth between the two of them, and every time it cuts back to him, he's doing something entirely different woodworking-related. Like, he's working on the frame of a door, you know, and it cuts back, and then he's sawing some wood, and it's just... Yeah. Pounding some nibs. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just very dreamlike and impossible. I thought it was a very clever choice. <laughs> That's um, awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad I remembered that because I, I really wanted to mention it in this, this episode. Oh, and also I have a horrible joke about it, which is the, you know, I, 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 I figured going into it that it was going to be worth watching because I've always liked Carpenter movies. You know, I need to start getting my camera ready when I'm about to make one of these jokes. Like, so wait, 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 why are you grabbing your phone? <laughs> wait, wait, just wait for it, Jen. <laughs> See? Carpenter mode, you know. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm worried I'm going to put her in the hospital one of these days. <laughs> I made it. I told a really bad joke, and now she's in the emergency room. <laughs> Happen. If that were going to kill me, I'd be dead already. That's probably true, yeah. <laughs> Between me and Jeff, Harris. Oh, and I, Jim. Yeah. Oh, yeah, why, am, why I'm collecting the whole set. I, I really I'll don't never know. know. Yeah. <laughs> so we can probably gang up on it. And, and the last thing I wanted to mention that, that is not related to the actual theme of our episode was uh, I had one thing that I realized I totally should have mentioned during our What oh, We Want to See in yes. 2016 High episode. Rise. Is High Rise. I totally, totally want to see that. Me too. It, it's, uh, isn't it Wheatley directing? Ben yeah, Wheatley ben directing. Wheatley. Tom Hiddleston stars in it. It's an adaptation of a J.G. Ballard novel. Oh, Jesus, I didn't even know that. You didn't know that, yeah. And, and I was, uh, Ben Wheatley and Hiddleston, I was like, fucking soul. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to admit that I've never read any J.G. Ballard, but I'm, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Cronenberg's Crash, which is based on a Ballard yeah. novel, so. Yeah. yeah. I, I am I am primed. I am ready to see this movie. Yes, the trailers have been kind of amazing. Uh, see, I've gotten to the point, I used to love, like, just for entertainment, I used to watch trailer after trailer, mm-hmm. and, like, if I go to see a movie, I have to get there to see all the trailers, but yeah. I've gotten to the point where I don't like watching trailers, because I don't like the current style of trailer of you have to give the whole plot. 
Yeah, but that's what people want. I, I, I need to I need to track down so I make sure I'm sending you the right trailer. There is one trailer for this movie that I think you would really like because that's it doesn't true. do that at all. It's basically an ad for the building. Oh, that's awesome! So come join us at the high rise. You know, we're waiting see, for you. Like, see, I love the idea of trailers. Cause I love the idea of giving oh, you yeah. this elevator pitch, this mm-hmm. this snippet, this this um. What do they call them? Amuse bouches with the, oh, that, yeah. that little perfect bite yeah. to to wet your appetite. But you know, don't don't give me the whole. I don't want the whole movie. I don't want yeah. to feel like I've seen the whole movie, and that's what you get all the time. What, what I love, and it's such, it's so rare when somebody does this, is when there's a tiny little bit of something in the trailer that you don't realize what it is. But it is from like the ending, and you realize yeah. watching the trailer again after you've seen the movie. Oh shit! You they showed gave me the, thing. the whole thing, and then you but you don't know but that. You didn't know that. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, that I really I like. But okay, now now the actual right. folklores and fairy tales. Forty minutes in. <laughs> I know, <laughs> but you know what? Um, yeah, I don't care. <laughs> okay, I was mm-hmm. gonna make a point, but you know, it just no. I feel like. It's it's we've been kind of roughshod a little bit. Yeah. There's been so much going on and going wrong that I think we're excited about movies and we're excited yep. about the topic and fuck it, don't care. <laughs> Could be a good time. Why don't you start? I am going to. I have. I'm in no particular order because yeah. I just kind of like I have this huge list of of not even necessarily movies that I'm going to mention, but I was kind of going stream of thought. Okay. Um, is that the right phrasing? Train of thought, stream of consciousness, stream of consciousness, train of thought, kind of thing, and um, so I'm going to go with the one that I showed really recently, which is Snow White: A Tale of Terror. That's the first thing on my list, probably, probably because yeah. you, you showed it recently. Yeah. It was really good. Yeah, I, and the thing is, I saw it right when it first came out, mm-hmm. and I was just, I was sold, and and I love, I love Sigourney it, Weaver, and it's really she weird, was because I know I saw it then too, but I don't. I barely remember, remember it. it. But, I literally but remember, it this time. I literally remember picking it up off the blockbuster shelf. Yeah. Um, which was weird because um, I had worked for Hollywood Video that was like two blocks down in Minneapolis, in uptown mm-hmm. Minneapolis, and so there was just a really weird period of time where I was going to the other shop, and but I remember I remember grabbing it and um, and renting it, and it's got and a really just, cheesy cover if I remember right. It, it, a little it, bit. It, 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 nearly as classy a movie as it actually is. Yeah. I just, God, I just fucking loved it. Yeah. And it, the, the whole movie is just built completely around Sigourney Weaver and and the pathos of her, her queen. Yeah. Her evil queen character. Because you really, you really are heartbroken. There is definitely some, some tragic loss in her character. That, that's the slightly weird thing about it, is that it's not really about the protagonist. No, not really so much. Yeah. And... And there's a lot. There's a lot of loss and death in the the loss, the, the the miscarriage of the child yeah. that she'd wanted so desperately. That really, really harkens back to the original fairy tales. Oh, absolutely. Where yeah. there was, it was just horrifying and, and dark and and miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and rocks fell and everyone died. Yep. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, and and I like the way they portrayed the. Um, the dwarves, the the workers, mm-hmm. you know, and and you really kind of fell in love with some of them, and yeah, no, I thought it was a really good movie. Oh, uh, I'd also forgotten how fantastic the actual mirror is. Oh, with, with yeah. the, those those hands clasped together when uh-huh. it's shut, and just, yeah, yeah. Jim, that was so the first good. time Jim had seen it. Was when he watched it with us. 
he thought I was a little slow, and he he, it's had, a he slow. had a little issue with um, with just its pacing. And I think that was exactly as he put it, you know. And he didn't have these fond memories of having seen right. it, you know, at the time. But yeah. Uh, but so for what I've got on my list, liking my list isn't in any particular order. Yep. But right at the top of the list here, um, right under Snow White, because one of the first things I thought of was a company of wolves. Oh. Which I know we've talked about before, I but I'm happy was, to talk about it again. Yes, I was so happy re-watching that and still loving it because yeah. I was 16 years old the first time that I saw it. I know! You know, I, I always joke with like really arty movies that mm-hmm. you have you have this window of, of gullibility and, and, and <laughs> you know... <laughs> That is that it's those years in which you watch things like a racer head and think they're oh like if you wait too long you won't love them, but if you watch them at that perfect age that you'll be like, Oh, it's so deep And I was really worried that the Company of Wolves was gonna be one of those movies and I watched it and loved it just yeah, as much. No, it's and it's so, so surreal and yeah. dreamy and oh god, and it's just and it's a movie about being feminine and about you know, the the bridge to womanhood and yeah. and burgeoning sexuality and and it talks about all these things and and the a little bit the pressures of of, of being a female growing up. Oh yeah, definitely. And it just touches definitely. on all those things. is beautiful and and Angela. All, yeah, I was going to say all this and it has and Angela and a wolf and actually a really neat, a really really neat wolf transformation. Mm-hmm. So I I just think the wolf of it. Yeah. I I completely agree with everything you just said. <laughs> what was I going to bring up? I was gonna, okay, I... you've been busting my chops to watch this movie. Oh, yes. And I finally fucking watched Yay. it, and I really <laughs> love it. I finally watched Troll Hunter. <laughs> oh, there's times where I'm like, I'm so mad. <laughs> I loved it as much as I <laughs> God damn you. And Jim's all like... I don't know, it starts out a little slow, and I start it, and I'm like, it's a fucking documentary! It's supposed to start slow! It's a documentary! And, uh, just, oh, it's so good, and that poor man. (laughs) I hate this job. (laughs) Oh, that that ending, by the way, where you're seeing the the clips of, um, you know, sniper politicians talking? As far as I know, that's actual news footage that they just... Like recontextualized. Oh, it's to make awesome. it seem like it fit. And in. when they when they pop back to the guy, he's like looking really uncomfortable. Yeah. Oh, that was so. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's true, but that's what I heard. I don't care. Yeah, I want it to be true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't fucking care. I'm glad you liked it. And oh, just the misery, and and the disgustingness, like the just <laughs> like where. So in order to this this poor guy just ended up accidentally being like this troll hunter who both has to like collect blood samples and occasionally has to be an executioner. And it's mm-hmm. just so, Oh, it's just so heartbreaking, but he has to smell like them in order to not. And so where he has his right. essence of troll where they have him cooking it down. And it just, <laughs> you, you look at, cause it's got like hair and it looks like, fat and it's being and cooked you can, down. You can smell it somehow. I didn't because your brain, I was talking with Jim about this, that your yeah. brain translates of like what is the most disgusting revolt, because that looks disgusting. 
and it's got little bits of hair, so you know it's just got to be revolting. And your brain goes, well, you know what's disgusting. <laughs> and it just fills it in with, like, whatever you think something really, truly gorge-inducing <laughs> could possibly be. But it, <laughs> it's just so good. And the thing is, it, you know, I feel the same way about the trolls and Troll Hunter that I kind of do about um, late phases where it's not the best part of the movie and I don't fucking care because it's not what it's about. Right. You know, they're very much kind of almost kind of claymation. Uh, what do they call that kind of animation? Stop, stop motion, motion. Kind of the stop motion. It's not fantastic. And it's a very much a stylized version of what you'd imagine trolls to be. That is not, not in the U S it's yeah. very much, it is very much, part of their folklore mm -hmm. and how they created them. It looks very different than anything we would imagine. And I don't fucking care. And, well, and, the, and the big scene at the end where you're seeing the really big one. Yes. You know, I don't care that it doesn't seem real because that big one, it fucking scared me. Yeah. And and when the, you're watching the big one. The effects are exactly as good as they need to be to yeah. tell this story and no better. And no better. Yeah. yeah. But but I think partly because it was, you know, more of a horror comedy, it's not nearly as much of an issue as, as the wolf suits in, in <laughs> yeah, late, late phases were. they were really, yeah. They really wanted that to be better than they yeah. wanted. Because, you know, we're watching that, you know, we're taking the movie very seriously, and we're like... And then all of a sudden, uh, werewolf Pomeranians show up. <laughs> but what was it you referred to the crazy monkey fuck suit? I yeah, think, furry, it's a furry monkey fuck yeah. suit, which is an old comic. Yeah. <laughs> Which is almost, so that whole comic, it was a comic where he, they're like, oh, well, you know, da 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 and they're like, no, it's a freaky monkey fuck suit. That's not okay. You don't want your kids in that. But it, it was, um, there was, I think, a Stargate panel or something where there was a discussion of furries, which I will be the first to say I don't like furries being a punchline. Yeah. Because there's a lot of them that do a lot of volunteering in, like, children's hospitals. because. Yeah. The, the animalized kind of costumes are comforting to kids and, and they there's a lot they become a punchline and, and I don't think it's proper there was there was a poisoning at a furry convention and they're like ha ha yeah, you know poisoning at a furry convention and you're like that's they were fucking poisoning like there was it, you know that's not okay um, but no there was the joke of they explained to one of the actors what a furry was and the look of like Jaw dropping, like what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like on the camera was absolutely delightful. That sounds amazing. But yeah. Anyway. Uh, so what do you want to hit next? Oh, I have well, well, so many. Like, there's so many good ones and bad well, ones. Well, since, since since we're talking about uh, furry costumes, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna go way back. You, you may not have seen this one. It's I want to say a. 40s film, possibly even earlier than that, uh, uh, Jean Cocteau's La Belle et la Bête. Yes, I have. You have seen it? Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. I, I, that is such a gorgeous movie. Yeah. It really is um, beautiful. I, 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 I was probably 19. And I, oh, yeah. 19 wow. or 20. Okay. Uh, it was right when I first moved to St. Cloud, and, and I would I would get video VHS tapes from the library with its huge yellow subtitles. Because, <laughs> you yeah. know, you got the old subtitles. There were those big yellow subtitles I remember watching. And the thing that made me really sad is the copy that I watched. The um, It was terrible. So, I mean, you could oh. barely you could barely make out the shading with it because it was black and white. That right. it was, there were scenes that it was really hard to see. And I know that there's been 
I'm positive there's been a Criterion release of it since. I, that I'm sure it's been released and it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Um, now from the sublime to the ridiculous, the next one I'm going to bring up is uh, <laughs> Hansel and Gretel Witch Hunters. Oh my god. I knew I knew it was going <laughs> to. Yeah. Which, let, let, let me put it this way. If just hearing the title, Hansel and Gretel, Witch Hunters, if that brings a smile to your face, you Go! will love this movie. Oh, because it's very... If, 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 if it's causing you to, to, to actually side-eye your computer or your iPod or whatever you're listening to this on, then don't, go, maybe there, there don't, are other don't options. Yeah. yeah. I really liked it. I saw it in weird circumstances. I don't remember what movie it was that we were originally going to see, but there was... An ex of mine I was kind of trying to, you know, make nice with. And we were like, hey, let's go to a movie. And we planned on seeing something else entirely, but but it was sold out. So that was our last minute. Uh, this is playing? Sure. So I have slightly odd memories of it. So I can't say anything because Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter? Yeah. Like, I saw, I saw that in the theater. And I thought it was fun. You know, mm-hmm. so there's times there's times where schlock is, is a joy. Yeah. This was definitely all this movie wanted to do was entertain you, and it it does that. In in the vein of of schlock that's entertaining, I've brought it up before, and I feel I'm embarrassed for how often I mention this this (laughs) for the quality of the movie. I love the fucking tooth fairy. Oh yeah. I it's it's so terrible. It's they have this tooth fairy that when you lose your last baby tooth, and it's like this old witch. It's kind of a Blair witchy kind of story, but she can't be in the light because it burns her and so you have the boy who escapes death but his mother is killed and he grows up never sleeping it's kind of freddy-esque where he yeah. takes medications not to dream or to not sleep so that he never falls asleep because he has to protect himself against the dark and always keep himself in the light and uh his childhood mm-hmm. girlfriend i think she has her little brother starts having the dreams as he's coming up upon losing his last baby tooth, mm-hmm. which will bring the tooth fairy to him and it's schlocky and terrible, and I don't know why, but it's one of those movies that when I'm having, like, if I'm having, like, a really shitty day, like, I will throw in, like, Rose Red or The Tooth Fairy or, you know, because I don't want to watch something good. <laughs> I'll be ruined on this mood. I know! I'm yeah. in a terrible mood. I watch schlocky and horrible, and I, it's not great, but I just really enjoy it. <laughs> But let's go to really good and, and stuff that isn't necessarily folklore based, but it has a very, very terrible okay. aspect. Candyman. Oh yeah, I should have mentioned that. Oh yeah. Yeah, that that definitely. I has... have a feeling that both of our lists are going to be like I wouldn't have yeah. thought about because you know it's like there's a lot that are based on on folklore and there's a lot that's based on fairy tales, but then there are movies that they may not necessarily be based, but they are dripping. Oh, absolutely. With a fairy tale. You mentioned, so there's Candyman and, uh, what was it that you uh, Pan's Labyrinth Pan's is what Labyrinth, I was talking about which is, yeah. you know, I mean, That's not any specific fairy tale, but it is but every but fairy tale. Oozing, but it's yeah. oozing in its, in its um, nature. What was some of the other ones? A Tale of Two Sisters is one that I think of that's kind of told in that sense that almost seems to be a fairy tale. Oh, absolutely. It, it even has a wicked stepmother. Oh, yeah. You know, so... Yeah. It's kind of perfect. Black Swan. I haven't seen that. I really want to. <sighs> I wanted to like it more. Oh, yeah? Um, but it, but... I, I've had people compare it to, you may not have seen this, Perfect Blue. The anime? Yeah. Yeah. 
Oh. Yeah, yeah. I can see it. I take it you like Perfect Blue a lot more than you like Black Swan, judging by your expression. Uh, I think I was at the right point when I watched Perfect Blue. Okay, yeah. So. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Um, I mean, aside, aside from the, the, you know, really fantastical elements, uh, a lot of Perfect Blue felt like a Hitchcock movie to mm-hmm. me. Yeah. I, I, and, yeah. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, I may as well uh, mention the Hitchcock movie that I have written down here. And I wouldn't have thought of this, but it was on, it was on somebody's list. Uh, Rebecca. Oh, um, I love, I love was, that you said that. It, it, apparently, it was intended as kind of a Cinderella story. But what happens? What happens after Happily Ever After ah. was, was the, the Hitchcock quote that I read. And I was like, oh my god, I never would have thought of it in those terms, but that's totally what it is. And yeah, it definitely has that feel to it. Uh, that, that feeling of being trapped and entwined in... Yeah. in yeah. See, now I'm completely, I'm like on this roll for ones that felt very terrible, but... But aren't? Uh, the City of Lost Children. Yes. Yes, oh, I have that on my list, too. Um, I not only have that, and this is going to sound so hipster of me, but um, <laughs> when I was, when I had just gotten my Laserdisc player, and I was like, you know, what stuff is out there that you know isn't available on DVD oh, or sure. Blu-ray that you've been searching for? And um, Alex, um, Julie's stunt husband... Mm-hmm made the comment that um, the translation on the laser disc for the City of Lost Children is better than the one that's, oh, really? on, that's on the DVD that okay. are available. So I bought it just because I found it available and it wasn't terribly expensive. And I've always wanted to rewatch it. But, you know, it's on the list with everything else that I've been wanting to rewatch or show. Very cool. Uh, since we were talking about uh, Ben Wheatley earlier, one that I realized has a very fairy tale like feel to it to me is uh, Sightseers. Oh, that wasn't where I was going to go. I was yeah. thinking that you were going to go with... You were thinking um, I was going to mention Kill List. Kill List. Which... Yeah, Kill List is definitely on my, well, my, my, my list here. Uh, it's a list that has Kill List I on love the Sightseers. List. I, still, uh, I still love mentioning Sightseers as the world's most gory coming-of-age movie. Yeah, but but that's what, what partly what has kind of a fairy tale like yeah. quality about it to me. Um and, and the movie that I was inspired the most by with seeing Kill List is The Wicker Man. Oh, absolutely. Which both have that same yeah. beautiful, based in folklore, mm-hmm. um, the, secret society, yeah. and oh. The, this was a term that, that um, I ran into while researching this that I don't think I'd heard before was folk horror. And, I never have, but I want to find it. Yeah. Like, well, there, there's that's even, what I want. There's even a website, folkhorror.com. Well, I'm right next to it. Check now. that out. Yeah. Because um, stuff that, that fits in that is what I saw on your list. Because oh, I, I like literally had a moment. Fucking junk face. Yeah. I love that movie. I can't believe he listened to our first podcast. <laughs> uh, God, I love. I just love that movie. I don't... Um, God, what the hell is her name? The one who went absolutely crazy. Um, and disappeared, and then she was on like she was on like celebrity um, rehab. Uh, I've got no idea. I know, honey. I'll tell you in a second. Hold on. It's the one who played her mom, uh, Sean Young from Blade Runner. Oh yeah, yeah. that's right. Wow. Really? Okay. She's turned into an utter and complete wackadoodle. I suppose but that's she, not that surprising, really. Yeah, but her. It's because she's past her incest date. <laughs> but what I also love from Jugface is um, Larry Fussenden played her dad, and boy, he's touching because like 
where where you're terrified by her mother. Yeah. Like that snipping thing she did with cutting her to punish her. Oh, God. You know, and her her dad, like, taking to the store and being like, you know, and it was kind of like, yeah, well, you know your mom's crazy. Yeah. And I'm sorry she's so hard on you, and maybe you shouldn't have been having sex with your brother and all that. See, you know, I can't even, I can't even spoil that because that shit comes out like in the first five minutes of the film, you know, Hey brother, maybe we should stop having sex because I've missed my last period. (laughs) You're like, Oh damn it. (laughs) Yeah. I I think that this is a point where a little bit of kink shaming might in fact. (laughs) It's not, you know, your, your kink is fine way over there. It's like, well, you should have really thought about that. Uh, Okay, and I got another one that, that, you know, again, not based on anything specific, but in fact, based on, on real life events, is uh, Peter Jackson's Heavenly Creatures. I've never seen You've them. never, oh my god. Okay, I would really, really seriously like for you to show that sometime. Okay. Um, <laughs> this was the movie that, that you, you remember what early Peter Jackson was like, right? Yes. yes. Okay, so I had seen Heavenly Creatures like, oh my god, this is amazing. And, and, and you know, like, touching and beautiful and strange and yeah. elaborate. And and so when, you know, it was first announced that he was doing the, the, the Lord of the Rings movies, you know, my friends were like, Peter Jackson is doing Lord of the Rings? And I was like, have you seen Heavenly Creatures? And they were like, well, no. And I was like, then shut the fuck up because you don't know what you're talking about. And and that was me. That's what, what I was doing at, at around <laughs> that time. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, See so what's funny with Peter Jackson? That, oh, one thing that that um, Heavenly Creatures kind of reminds me of and feel is Stoker. Oh, but Stoker fits too. Kind yeah, of. yeah, it does. Oh. Sure. I love Stoker. Yeah, it's it's really seriously good. See, before I even saw like Meet the Feebles and. Um, that one I've still never seen. <laughs> and like bad taste, and um, I literally almost didn't get through that one without throwing up. <laughs> you know, I'm even close. I'm more like vaguely familiar with them. Like I've seen bits and pieces of them. Well, I've seen all of Meet the Feebles. <laughs> and I love the Frighteners, but uh, there's a, a faux documentary that he did called Forgotten Silver. I really want to see that. Yeah, it's really good. It's, yeah. I really enjoyed it. It's kind of the first thing. Um, I'm, I'm, I think it's a, God, what was the, there was a, um, a Woody Allen where, and it is kind of that, um, oh. it was a Tom Hanks Zelig where he's yeah, like, Zellig. Yeah. and, uh, and also Tom Hanks in, uh, Forrest Gump where he like, they, they place him all through history right. having this huge impact. Um, but that's kind of how Forgotten Silver is like this, you know, famous but yet not famous New Zealand, you know, film creator, I think, yeah, a yeah. filmmaker. And from what I understand, a lot of people fell for this. Oh, yeah, God. They which just turned my <laughs> I love a good faux documentary. And, just, <laughs> you know, and I should have, I, sh- I never, I never should have questioned. I should have fucking watched <laughs> Troll Hunter. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, that incident yeah. at Loch Ness, I thought that was just an absolute freaking delight with the, um, why can I never remember that director's name? I, the I crazy know. one. That doesn't narrow down at all. <laughs> and, uh, I don't deserve to have a podcast. 
Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog, yes. <laughs> yes. Did, have you, now, did you say that you had seen that? No, I haven't. Oh, yeah. you need yeah, to watch need to. that. No, but, but that's that's my usual joke. Is is like you know, you know I, I, why, why do you have a, a podcast on, on horror movies? Well, because I'm a horror movie expert. So, well, how do we know you're a horror movie expert? Because I have a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. Something. <coughs> something wicked this way comes. I just reread that this this Halloween. I really yeah. I I, I keep. Intending like every Halloween season to reread it, and, and yeah. I have my my favorite was we're gonna watch a horror movie every day. Yeah, and it's not gonna happen. Yeah. You know what? I'm gonna watch all of of the the, the Nightmare Before the, the, the Nightmare Elm Street Nightmare Elm Street movies. No, I'm just gonna watch the second one. I'm going to watch an entire horror movie at some point this month. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> if at first you don't succeed, just set your goals way, way lower. And yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah that works really. Oh, speaking of um, jumping back from an earlier discussion of things that are horrible, but I love them anyway. <laughs> and speaking of Troll Hunter, I love Troll. Troll, yeah. I love yeah. movie Troll. It's so sweet, and it's such a fairy tale. And I saw it on like the very first year that Fox started when I was watching on my little black and white television in my bedroom and watching, you know, Friday the 13th, the series and Freddy's nightmares and one eight o'clock movie one night. But I love troll. It's silly and awful. There's something I find just really, really compelling about the image of, you know, a modern urban or even semi-urban setting being suddenly taken over by forests and plants. Yeah. I, I feel like most of the stuff that I really want to bring up is in that vein of feels. Yeah. Like, the, the okay, other well, one that I saw that you had on the list was uh, Night of the Hunter. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it is, it, it just, it comes across as a fable. It really does. Because he's, he's such a, like, he see he, he just feels so unreal, and the fact that he, quote-unquote, dies at the end mm-hmm. is very much a you know oh i just i can't well even... he feels like a fairy tale threat you yes. know he feels like something that's out there in the forest that mm-hmm. you know the children need to watch out and for the, the, to me the most iconic scene in that entire movie is where he's outside singing and gish is inside with the gun across her knees and the children are in bed yeah and they're both singing the hymn together one of the scenes that stands out in my mind is, is as the, the two children are making their way down the river, river. and just, just yeah. all really lush photography of that. Yeah. That's definitely, you know, that fairy tale forest imagery. Yeah. Because that's, I, I, I was, that's one of the things uh, about this kind of movie that, that appeals. I was talking last podcast about how I really like horror movies that, that are based on around a rule set. Yeah. You know, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, or and bad things will happen. Lie, well, well, that's really a fairy tale structure, and mm-hmm. and you know, uh, fairy tales. Eventually, you know, you trace it all back, and it comes to to, to one rule: don't go in the forest alone. Mm-hmm. You know, and it, and if you do, don't stray from the path. <laughs> that's really what they're all about: is about what can happen to you if you transgress, if yeah. you if, if you break that rule, if you stray off the path. Bad things are waiting for you in the woods. <laughs> and I think part of the reason why, why uh, horror movies based on fairy tales work so well is that horror movies are, are the modern inheritor of that kind of storytelling. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah. Um, oh, I, I know one that, that I re- really wanted to mention is um, Alice, which is uh, this animator, Jan uh, Spockmeyers. Yeah, I've always meant to see it, but yeah, I never have. It's his version of Alice in Wonderland, mm-hmm. and it's really creepy so and strange and, and disgusting and beautiful, mm-hmm. and just really just kind of amazing to watch. I, I, I'm very fond of it. Uh, he also did one that I haven't seen, but I definitely want to mention because it's it's even more strongly fairy tale based. Mm-hmm. Is uh, Little Otik? And that's another one that, and I remember hearing about both of them because I had um, the cult films. Oh yeah. Book, and um, by Perry, uh, Dan- Daniel Perry. He did uh, cult movies and the guide to the film fanatic, and I discovered those at. Those two books at about the same time oh, okay. in uh, the very early '90s, and it was where I just started realizing that I, I loved the media of, yeah. of, of film and um, and kept trying to find. You know, I, I I started that search for finding like when I I, I first heard about the King of Hearts, um, which I've, I I don't know if I know that one. It's, it's a movie about a man who gets put in an insane asylum. Let me make sure I have the title correct. 66, yeah. During the latter part of World War One, Private Charles uh, Plumpnik is chosen to go into the French town to disconnect a bomb. However, Charles is chased by some Germans and finds himself holed up in the local insane asylums, asylum where the inmates are convinced he is the King of Hearts. Oh, okay. I know. You got my attention. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, he, he feels obligated to help the inmates, and then Charles attempts to lead them out of town, but they're afraid to leave and go, uh, they go frolic about the streets in gay costumes. <laughs> Will he be able to deactivate the bomb in time and save his newfound friends? And it's huh. it's that French surrealist kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, and it's just like, you know, I found stuff like in, in, you know, it's like I found what I could, but I was in, you know, small town Minnesota, and right. it's like I would find what I could. And, and I remember in one of the books, like, I had like a little symbol that I would make you know, I'd highlight all the movies I wanted to try and find. Mm-hmm. And then I'd put, like, little stars by the, all the movies that I'd seen. And I just made it this huge effort on my part to become educated. Excellent. Yeah. I, I really need to start keeping an actual list. Because uh, we've talked a lot about, you know, movies that, that we've heard about and would like to see. I need to start actually keeping track of that. <laughs> because there's so many times that, that, that yeah. I go to Scarecrow because I want to rent something. And I end up wandering around staring blankly at the shelves. Yeah. Um... But then and, you end up with a pile of spinach movies, which I like to define them. They're movies that you should see, but you're not really enthused well, but, but to see, see them. But see, there have been a couple of times when I've walked out empty-handed. because of oh, so, no. so, so, so what I would like to do is wander around, stare blankly at the shelves, and, you know, and let that surprise happen. that you could potentially, yeah. Right. You know, and have like, a list have to fall back on. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, you mentioned The King of Hearts reminded me of something that, that should have been on my list here, and that's uh, Terry Gilliam's The Fisher King. Heartbreaking fucking movie. Yes. Uh, and insanely gorgeous. And insanely gorgeous. And the storytelling is wonderful. And Robin Williams is so heartbreaking. And and also um, Amanda Plummer. Like, I don't know where I knew her before seeing her in that movie, but she's the mousy girl okay. that Robin falls in love with. And... I, I guess I just felt a kinship with her because I felt like this this whole last year has been realizing my worth and, and trying to treat myself better so yes. that I have higher expectations for those other people to treat me better. 
And I used mm-hmm. to joke with friends that, you know, I would always be invited to parties, but I would always leave before, you know, I'd leave at the height of the party so that I was leaving before people would ask me to leave. Oh, wow. Okay. And that I huh. joked that I would constantly feel like furniture where you appreciate it if it's there, but you make do if it isn't. I had horrible low opinions of myself in A little bit. Sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> but there was, so I felt this kinship with Amanda Plummer where she had her books and her her, you know, hard candies that she would get and, and how she, and, and, but he would watch her and, and there's this little part of you that hopes that someone will see your inner sparkle and someone will oh, see yeah. the waltz happening around you as you go through Grand Central Station, yeah. you know, and, and I loved that, you know, even as crazy as he was, that he saw how shiny she was and, and fell in love with her and it, it helped them both. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway. Oh, I, I, I. The movie I'd started to mention, uh, and then we immediately got sidetracked. Uh, Can I do that? Well, well I, was, I was doing just as much of the sidetracking. Uh, Little Otik, I should mention yeah. for people who aren't familiar with it, uh, is about, you know, this couple who've been trying to have a, a baby, and they yeah. can't. And I, I think they're, like, you know, living out in the woods somewhere. It's, you know, some very fairy tale like setting. And the, the man finally brings home the, the, this tree root for, for his wife as, as their child. Mm-hmm. And the tree root comes to life. Yeah, because they love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it just looks really, really fascinating. Yeah. And and like I said, I am a huge fan of his Alice, so, have, so have you seen? I, I have not. I really want to. Tick. The one that I kept hearing about, and I haven't seen it, I t- mentioned this at dinner tonight, was Freeway. Yeah. Which is Reese Witherspoon and I think Peter Sutherland, and it's it's a, a take on the Little Red Riding Hood story in The Big Bad Wolf. Mm-hmm. And she's like, a junky teenager who is on her way to like grandma's and gets, you know, swept away with this kind of big, bad wolf, bad kid, you know, who's, right. yeah. And it's twisted and dark. Yeah. <laughs> and, but it's very much along that lines of a fairy tale story that I keep hearing it recommended and it just looked trashy and awful, <laughs> but I keep hearing really good things about it. Well, one, one that um, I don't think you've seen, if I remember right, the last time I, I, I brought it up is uh, Hard Candy. I wanted, but it scared me. It just, it's... It's, it's, it's pretty scary. <laughs> um, and it has uh, Ellen Page, who's like yeah. a fetus at the time, basically, yeah. in that yeah. movie. Um, and she's just fucking amazing. I watched yeah. that and like, this, she is going to be an amazing actress. Yes, she is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm bringing it up because it, it's very much, um, Little Red Riding Hood inverted, you know, with the yeah. tables flipped. So, yeah. Um, and they even have her literally in yeah, a red hoodie. Really. And, and from what I understand, that wasn't intentional. But on their part. Boy, yeah. Oh, which shows you how deep I these know. symbols go in our yeah. culture. Oh, that yeah. reminds me of something I read about that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Richard Dawkins being an asshole again. Because, um, you know, that's what happens. Uh, apparently he had some, something that, that, you know, he, he's later been like, oh, well, I was quoted out of context, blah, blah, blah. But he, he, he'd been going off about how, you know, should we really be wasting our children's time teaching them fairy tales? Right, yeah, exactly. And my reaction when I read that as well, only if we want them to be able to understand Western culture. Yeah. Because this all just goes so deep yeah. in, in our in our view of the world. Yeah. You know. I remember I had an English teacher that was, what, if you want to be an educated person, you must know 
mythology. You yep. must know the major religions and, you know, and you must know the major works because they are an influence exactly. on the civilization that we have. Yeah. And if you want to be able to make judgments and, and look at it from different perspectives, you have to have these things to, to help form your opinions. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, ones that I've seen recently, um, primarily this last year, um, bring up uh, Dark Was the Night which was, I think, tied for a 10th position. Oh, yeah. Or was it just off? I do not recall. Exactly. And then The Hollow, which yeah. is the Irish film, which is has such a mythology. Uh, the, 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 the Hollow, The it? Hollow. Yeah. Well, yeah, there's The I, Hollow yeah, and then which The is, Hollow. Yeah. Uh, we uh, want The Hollow with the A. Yes. I don't <laughs> want to send people looking for the wrong film. Yeah, that was that was fantastic. That's, you know, again, very much right and after And I still want to show Dark. Dark was the night because yeah, I, I really, would like really, really, really liked that movie. Um, uh, two movies that just kind of have that same sense of otherworldliness and um, and kind of a fairy tale bent are Picnic at Hanging, Hanging Rock, right, and The Little Girl Who Lived Down the Lane. Yes. Um, both I really enjoy, and and both I don't think are as easily translatable to modern storytelling. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, I'm not 100% certain if I've ever seen Picnic and Hanging Rock or if I've just read about it enough so times that, that, that I feel like I have. I really enjoyed it. And um, <clears throat> it is that take on what happens when you group young girls together and yeah. the idea of, oh, they were just hysterical and what really happened. Mm -hmm. And uh, I From really which I understand it. the film doesn't resolve no, at all. It doesn't. Yeah. No, and, it doesn't. And I like that in the movie. <laughs> Well, it's better than, you know, them telling you what the resolution is, and it's and you're fucking like, stupid. what? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like my, my, my rant about um, the 1999 remake of, of The Haunting, which, you know, breaks open and explores every unexplained dark corner of the original, and you're left like, well, wow, okay then. That fucking sucked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so angry. More dick punching. <laughs> we'll just line them up. Line them up. <laughs> <laughs> you directed that remake get in line it is time for your dick punching <laughs> don't have one I'll get you one <laughs> dick punching private eye <laughs> I can imagine the very square chin that dick punching P.I. would have I want to make a business card now ah. uh, one missed call yes <laughs> I don't know. It's just, it's a, it's a bad number, but oh, okay. it was worth it letting that play. Yes, that is my ringtone. <laughs> Thank you and have a nice day. <laughs> I knew I recognized it. The way you were grinning at me, I knew that I that I was supposed to be recognizing it. <laughs> my, I, I can't say anything. My ringtone is the Halloween theme. Which it, mine used to be. means that I get really anxious every time my phone rings, <laughs> but I'll be honest, I would anyway. So, yeah. you know, it, it may as well be for oh, I don't want to talk to anybody on the phone. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, spring. Spring. Mm. I don't have that on my list. That's I feel a, very so silly. Oh, <laughs> you're gonna have stuff on your list. I don't have on mine. Well, that's true. Yeah, that was that was really. Yeah. Really um, good. And, and just throwing out really briefly, just because we mentioned uh, Ben Waitley earlier, a field in England, uh, which is his very surreal kind of black and white fable. Yeah. Um, is 
really odd and really n- almost kind of nonlinear. And yeah, I, I just love the show of it. I really like it. I, I wondered if it fell under this general category. It does. You know, considering his other work. Yeah, he, he, he has a style. Or, oh, God, what was it? Yeah, you gotta... I don't remember. Anyway. But, yeah. I think Spring's um, been covered pretty... Yeah, we've thoroughly. talked about Spring pretty thoroughly not in the not-too-distant past. Uh, Sleepy Hollow. Uh, I, I have a fondness for Sleepy Hollow. I know Hollow. you do. <laughs> and it's not all pretty Christopher Walken. <laughs> though I have... Oh, largely I have, Christopher Walken. It is what, largely Christopher Walken. And there is a... Currently... Christopher Walken, uh, Jeff Goldblum, and who was my other man that I said I had a protective force field around them because I was losing all my, I was losing all my, my Jen's favorite men. Was it Tim Curry? Tim Curry, Christopher Walken, and Jeff Goldblum have a protective Jen shield around them currently. Tim Curry was the first one I started worrying about because, you know, with, with, with David Bowie and Alan Rickman, I'm like, this is not a good time to be an older gentleman with, with a sexy British voice. That's right. <laughs> uh, Sleepy Hollow actually was the, the first Tim Burton movie I can remember being disappointed by. So, I can't remember if Planet of the Apes came out before. Oh, after. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. Tim Burton deserved his punch in the in the, in the <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I, I remember laughing that Big Fish was was the warm, soft, hugging apology right that we so deserved after the atrociousness that was Planet of the Apes. Big Fish definitely counts as, as, oh, as a fairy tale movie. I didn't movie. Even think about that. And I was trying to think of it earlier, but but I couldn't. I couldn't think of it clearly enough to even be able to look up the title. You know, it was one there of those. Things. That's what you have and, before. And yeah, yeah. I knew there had to be a reason. Give me five syllables, you know, yeah, and yeah. name that song. You can name that movie, yeah. <laughs> five syllables or less. Yeah, that, that, was, that was the one that, that earned some trust back for me yeah, yeah. Was, was Big Fish. Um, not movies that I've seen, but movies that I kept seeing out there referenced that I really want to see. And one I completely have no excuse because I. I have the Vincent Price collection that has it, is Witchfinder General. Oh, yeah. And the movie Vi. Oh, yeah, V-I-Y. Yeah. So it's a Russian yeah. film, mm-hmm. which and I know practically nothing, nothing else about. about. But it kept getting thrown out there, and Valerie in her Week of Wonders. And I've heard that one recommended a couple of times. I had never heard of it before today. I and, ran into it a few times. Yeah, and it's, they're ones that I've wanted to see. And I, like I said, you know, I've had a bunch of stuff that I really wanted to watch, but um, I needed comfort food. Yeah. I needed to watch Blow Dry! Sleepy <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, Hollow. Uh, another one that I've always wanted to see that's kind of in the vein of um, Wicker Man is Blood on Satan's Claw. So, again, stuff that I haven't seen, but... Yeah. But, yeah. I've heard that one's even slower than oh, like, really? Wicker okay. Man, so... Mm. I know there's people out there who love it. Um, yeah, quite a few. Uh, I've always kind of wanted to see it because of that title. That's just oh, yeah. an amazing title. Well, I think it's really hard to find here. Probably. I think it's it's very it's one of those movies that's considered um, like it's very well known in the UK. Mm-hmm. And yeah. It's not known at all here. Um, and also Gollum, uh, the nineteen twenties. Oh yeah. Um, of the Jewish folklore. Yeah. Um, it's one that I've always meant to see, and I I have a German expressionists expressionistic horror set. 
Right. That has that has in that and I've always so you haven't to, seen it? No, no, I've got you know, I've got my list is so long. I, I, I've always meant to see it because um I think I've showed you once upon a time in my place that this big book that I have about robots that for, from when I was a kid that I read like a million times. That's one of the ones it talks about very early on when it's talking about the roots of the idea of oh, a robot. Yeah, because you build it to, yeah. to do a job yeah, for you that, exactly. you that you were capable of. Exactly. Oh. So I've always wanted to see it because of that. Um, that book actually is, is where I very first heard about Doctor Who. I don't really? know if I mentioned that at the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I read it when I was that young. And, you know, practically all I knew about it, because they just mentioned it in passing in a couple of paragraphs. So they talk about the Daleks at one point, and they talk about the Cybermen at another point. And Aww. you're like, oh, yeah, this is as popular in England as Star Trek is over here. And What? Yeah, exactly. Since, you know, my mother is English, and so I was fascinated with all things English, I was like, how do I get my hands on this? But, you know, there was no internet in those days, so I had to wait for it to fall into my life later on. Yeah. <laughs> I, used to, I mean, I had a friend, because, you know, they're very little cable for anyone in my area. And uh, my friend Jody was a huge Doctor Who fan. And I, I remember because the, um, what the scarf? The Tom Baker. The Tom Baker. That was, that was my period when I was a kid. Like to me, Doctor Who is Tom Baker. Oh yeah. You and, and a lot of other Americans. That was. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I was very aware of it as just a pop culture. Sure. And, but she actually watched it and loved it when we were kids and probably saw a lot more of, you know, the, the new series. And I just, you know, I mean, I was aware of it, but never watched it. Yeah. So, um, Oh, I also want to throw out Krampus. Oh yeah. Cause you know, yeah. That, yeah. I know we talked about it pretty recently, yeah, but, but, uh, well, but, but yeah, it definitely counts. Exactly. Um, I love how everyone like, that counts too. I mean, yeah, that yeah. counts. But, but by the end, you know, by the end of the, especially if we had you know more to drink by the end of this, we'd be like, right. you know, the grapes of wrath. That, that's yeah, a, yeah, that's like a, a fairy tale. Yeah. 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 Uh, Field of Dreams. That's that's a, a fairy tale movie. Um, Return to Oz. Return to Oz definitely is a fairy tale movie. No joke. A horrifying fairy tale that I can't watch. Yeah, I, I watched some I, scary yeah. shit, and I could not watch Return to Oz. I tried to screen <laughs> it before showing it to Tekla, who loves The Wizard of Oz, and I was like, and eh, nope! <laughs> that Well, you, you you know the one movie I can't be in the room for? Oh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. Factory yeah. Because it traumatized me when I was a small child, and yeah, now if, mm. I, if I walk into the room and it's on, I'm like, mm, and nope! <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of David Bowie, Labyrinth. Labyrinth, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm amazed we didn't yeah. mention that earlier, but yeah, Save Labyrinth is an excellent modern, modern <laughs> fairy tale. Oh, uh, and and one that I think is just insanely important for young girls to watch. Yeah, I it just the 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 message at the heart of it is just yeah. fucking crucial to survive. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know that's really the point of fairy tales is is to teach you how to deal with bad things. Yeah, and and much darker things because we are capable of them. Yeah, we absolutely. Are, you know, and 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 I think. We have done so much to nerf childhood for children yeah. that we are doing a disservice to them because reality exists, and uh, basically all we're doing is creating a, an entire generation of adults who can't handle any kind of, you know, I mean, either they are so blasted with, with true trauma because they are in horrific homes where their families aren't protecting them enough, yeah. or they're so overprotected that they can't handle any anything going wrong at all. Yeah. 
and, you know, have their parents calling their bosses. Yes. <laughs> My mother well, may have been overprotective, but thank yeah. God, not to that, that level. level. Yeah, it takes a special breed. Yeah, I, I can't remember what inspired the conversation. Uh, oh, I was talking with a friend where they, he lost a family member and the wife is having a really hard time letting her 17-year-old son have any kind of initiative or make any kind of adult decisions on his own and and won't let anything go anytime they have an argument. So she just browbeats him and browbeats him and browbeats him and treats him as though he's a tiny child. And it's like, you know, at 18, he's going to have the right to... My thoughts on it are, at 18, you have the right to, to elect somebody into... You know, you have the right to elect somebody to be president of the United States and lead our country. You have the right yeah. to fight in the military. Personally, I think that if you have the right to do those... Why did your lights just go out? I don't know. Um, dun, dun, dun. Is there a killer standing at the window with a knife? Oh, no. Oh, I unplugged it. Is that... Yes. But personally, I think they should lower the drinking age. I think if you oh, have yeah. the right, to, I think I, if you have the right was, to vote and if you have a right to serve in the military, you should have the right to drink a beer. Yeah, are you thinking of Mojo Nixon? Because I'm thinking of Mojo Nixon. No, I, that, that's that's a bit in one of his songs. We're talking about you know, being 18, you're old enough to get drafted, go to war, and die, but you can't buy a beer. Yeah, I just yeah. I think, and they're like, oh, that goes up. Well, I'm sorry, they're adults. Yeah, you get to have if you can be, you know. It just, it, or we raise everything else to 21. Exactly. You know, you know, that, those, they're those either an adult two. or you're not. Yeah. The way it is. Anyhow. But, um, but yeah, respect, respect our children to be able to handle some, I don't know what's the right word to, to use there, you know, but, but raise yeah. them to be the adults they're going to be rather yeah. than treating them as little, you know, nerfed snowflakes. Mm-hmm. Like I am raising my daughter. So that at 18, she will be able to make adult decisions. Yeah. And, and stories are an important and part of that. And stories are an important part of that. And I, this reminded me of a quote that I wanted to find that I, that I think definitely fits in this context. It's from a British writer called, uh, named G.K. G. Chesterton. And it says, fairy tales are more than true. Not because they tell us dragons exist, but because they tell us dragons can be beaten. Yes. Yeah. You know, I don't think we can talk that. We can. So, good night. We'll see you in two weeks.